Hi, welcome to Hospitality Live with Rupesh. Each week, we feature an industry leader that will share the latest trends and the best strategies to help you grow. Now, welcome your host, Rupesh Patel. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I am super excited about this episode. Guys, comment and let us know where you're watching from. We've got people from all over the world and all of the United States watching, so I'm super excited about that. We are live on LinkedIn. Guys, thank you so much for joining this conversation. This episode is number 48. God, two more away from 50. I'm super excited about that. Well, this episode today is talking with live with Chip Rogers, and we're talking about the critical state of hospitality. We all know what's going on right now, and we're all uh, in limbo, kind of figuring out one day after another what's going on with our industry and how business is picking up and then drops off, and you know, different states having different. Uh, measures as far as safety. And so today you're going to learn about three things that can help boost your reservations, boost your business at your hotel, uh, discover three legislative wins that have made a huge impact on your hotel already, and uh, find out what the future looks like uh, for the hotel industry. And let's just get him on right now because, you know, he's a friend of mine and I posted this morning, uh, early this morning saying, hey, Chip has always been a supportive or you know just supported leader of ours you know he chip welcome to the show Rupesh, always good to be with you i actually saw the post where you had the photo that you and i were together uh, in chicopee massachusetts um at the grand opening of a true hotel one of the first true hotels in the country uh and it just seems like so long ago uh but those were good days indeed for sure yeah absolutely you know i picked i picked a few things i usually talk about mindset when we're talking about um, just improving ourselves. And, you know, I pulled that video that we took back at, at that grand opening at the ribbon cutting ceremony. You shared a few things. And I want to start this episode off by talking about those things. You said hard work pays off. Working smart pays off is number one. Number two, you said take advantage of opportunities that come your way. And then number three, you said positive attitude always makes the biggest difference. And I, I, 100% agree. And, you know, I continue living by those words. And can you share kind of a little bit more about those uh, three topics and, and some more of that keep you going? You know, it's really interesting. One of those working smarter um, is so important in this time period. I was talking to a number of owners, hotel owners just the other day. And I said, you know, what was your break even point for occupancy uh, prior to, to coronavirus? And they said, you know, we really needed about a 45% occupancy to, to hit that break-even point. I said, what is it now? They said, we've worked that all the way down to about 25% occupancy, which I think is shocking and, and, and maybe not sustainable. But it really goes to this idea in tough times, really got to work smarter. you got to figure out what are the most important things to spend your time on each and every day. What is going to give you the best return on investment? And, and, and we see our industry really focusing on that right now. So when we come out of this, and we will come out of this, some of these lessons that we're learning now, will really they'll, they'll bode well for us. I mean, we'll be stronger and healthier. It'll take a long time. I'm not saying this is going to happen in 2021 or maybe even 2022. But when we do, the lessons we're learning today uh, will be a great benefit. And you have to be positive. I mean, you know, if you just dwell on negativity, you're just going to put yourself in a position where you don't want to function. You're not going to be happy. 
Um, you're not going to get your job done. You're not going to help others. You're not going to inspire others. So you definitely got to be positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And talking about positivity, that's the way I wake up. Even if I've had a bad day yesterday, I wake up happy and nothing can stop me from going down. I always say it's your, nobody can control your feelings, right? It's you. And that's just the way you start off. And that's the way I live every single day of my life. And so hopefully that is a, a great lesson that I've learned from you and many other leaders. So thank you so much for that. Guys, comment and let us know where you're watching from. There's people from all over. There's people from across the world watching. So I'm super excited about that. This episode is brought to you by smartguests.com. Guys, hit up smartguests to to get your tools to keep guests safe with better communications. I'm gonna quickly go through this because I know we have a, you have a, sh a short period of time to be on the show and I really appreciate it. So guys, thank you so much to smartguests.com. And uh, all right, so let's go on. I, I really wanna talk about what's going on in the industry right now. And you know, it's a critical state where we are right now. There's ups and downs every single day. And you know, one day we're running a good occupancy and the next day, we're down in the dumps and uh, you, what are you seeing right now as far as the industry as a whole? So, you know, we hit that low point in mid-April where we hit down to 20% occupancy across the country. And then what happened was really interesting. You could follow it almost exactly every week. We were up two and a half percent more occupancy. It just kept going up and up and up. And if, if any of you watched that, uh, that game show, The Price is Right back in the day, and I guess it's still on. You remember that one game where they had a little mountain climber and he just goes up the little hill like that. Um, I think it was called the Swiss Alps or something, right? <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, that's kind of what it felt like until we had the spikes in Florida, Texas, Arizona, and Southern California. And so we hit that plateau of around 47, 48% national occupancy. And it actually came down slightly from that, but we seem to be plateaued right about there. So, you know, I mentioned earlier about what is your break-even point uh, for the industry as a whole. In the past, it's been somewhere between 50 and 55% across the board, we've taken every hotel across the country. And so we got almost back up to that point and now we've hit this. Now my fear is this and what we need to plan for it and prepare for it um, is we knew there would be summer leisure travel. There was no question about that. It happens every yeah. year. We're nowhere close to where we were last year or years past, but we're not seeing an uptick in the business travel, the traditional business travel, yeah. travel particularly in urban centers um, that we really need to see uh, to be prepared for the fall, because um, once the cooler weather gets here and we, don't, we have no idea where the kids are going back to school or not in most places, um, but the leisure travel is going to tail off no matter what, because the, the weather is going to dictate that. And so do we have the business travel to support it? That's what we're keeping our eye on right now. Yeah. You know, I just saw Siemens yesterday said you can work from home permanently for a lot of positions. And in, in, I'm not sure if it's the United States alone, but I know there's companies that are really cutting their travel budgets and really stopping all travel. And that kind of affects all of us, especially hotels that are in cities and urban locations or, you know, convention spaces where that's not happening this year and maybe even the near future. So uh, is that, do we look out maybe a year or two or is it three years? Where do you, what are you hearing? So, you know, the experts say 2023 will be the year we, where we return to the 2019 levels for both RevPAR and for occupancy. So, I think that's kind of the what where we think we're headed, but boy, it changes every day. And, and, and one thing, Rupesh, you made a, a really good point there about not working in, a, in an office. Um, I happen to be sitting in my office today, but guess what? Of my entire staff, it's me and one other guy that are in the office today. And so that's almost indicative of, of, of what you're seeing elsewhere. And as I, as I look around this city at a major US city like Washington, DC, there's virtually no one on the streets. And that's 
that is a challenge. But I, I, I want us to all adopt some new terminology because I think it could be helpful. Um, you know, you, 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 you let off the show talking about the things that we can do to help increase occupancy. If we would, we would shift from work from home to work remotely or work anywhere, I think is even better because the notion that you work anywhere means you can work from a hotel. And that's really what we ought to be suggesting to people, because I think that the new idea of, of, of weekend business should be Thursday through Sunday, maybe even back up to Wednesday. But let's get people going to hotels, working out of their hotel rooms and enjoying the city around them. Um, an interesting note, my, my daughter's school sent out a, a questionnaire saying, how would you like to handle school this year? And, and they listed a bunch of options. And one of the options was one week in the classroom and then one week out of the classroom with the distance learning. And uh, I told my wife, I said, that's the one we ought to choose so that we can go somewhere during that week if we're all working remotely and, mm -hmm. and we could actually be in a hotel for, for a week and, and spend time in the evenings and on the weekends somewhere else. So I think as an industry, we need to adopt that and, and recognize that may be the future, at least for a limited time. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that we can still do and not a lot, but we, there are still some business out there that I've talked to in the past on the past episodes here in the last month or two where salespeople are out there and still getting some business. So, you know, there are some opportunities out there. So it's not just totally dead in the market. There are still travelers. There are still business people traveling and that number continues going up. If you kind of look at the airlines, is that, is that true? Yeah, yeah. We follow uh, of course, the TSA checkpoints here in the U.S. Every week they, they produce how many people went through. And I think that's the that's the best number to follow. Um, and it is slightly going up. But of course, most travelers right now, especially families, are traveling to places where they can drive. I mean, the beauty of, a, of some of the economic uh, outpouring of this entire event is that you have fuel prices in most places across the U.S. still under two dollars a gallon. Um, it's a little higher here in this area, uh, but when I've been in Florida recently, getting it well under $2 a gallon. And so um, you can still get in your car and travel. We encourage people to do that. Hotels are safe and clean. I know we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. Um, but, you know, the opportunities are out there. I mean, the, the value is there. You know, we got this incredible country. Uh, the weather has been really good and has gotten hot the last week or so, but it's been really good in the spring and summer. So there's a lot of places you can drive to and enjoy this time with your family. Absolutely. I've talked to a lot of hotel managers, owners. They're like, we're going to hit the road and we're going to stay at a few hotels. And the feedback I've gotten back from almost every single person is it's been the cleanest it's ever been at these hotels. And that's just a testament to saying, you know, we all care about the safety of our guests, but then also the safety of our staff, our associates and the vendors that are walking into our hotel to support our hotels. And, uh, you know, let's get into the, uh, the safe, stay initiative that the American Hotel Lodging Association has put together. What is safe stay and, and how can it help hotels? Well, thanks Rupesh for asking about that. So we knew um, way back in probably mid-April that this was going to be the top uh, concern of travelers. At that time, virtually no one was traveling. Everyone was still in lockdown, but we went out in the field. We did our polling. Uh, we use a great company called Morning Consult that interviews thousands of people every single day. And we asked this question about what is your number one concern about beginning to travel again? And 87% said their number one concern was um, was cleanliness and safety. And so we knew that was going to be it. So we said, you know, we need to, need to bring this entire industry together around some basic guidelines that we can all adopt. Now, we recognize that individual hotels or individual brands may go above and beyond safe stay, and that's fine because every hotel is very unique. You know that better than anybody. 
But we needed to have those guidelines that everyone could adopt. So we brought all the brands together, the large ownership groups, the management companies. We brought Ecolab in, and you know Ecolab well. And we said, what can we all do as far as guidelines for cleaning and safety? We put that together. We came out with the guidelines. Then we took those to the CDC and had them review it and say, hey, we want to make sure our guidelines are in compliance with what you're suggesting. What is the best science? They came back with a few suggested changes. We, we made those changes. So now we have those safe state guidelines out there, and that's for the operation of a hotel. Last week, we came out with additional guidelines for guests. How can guests take certain actions to stay safe? You know, things like face coverings, uh, social distancing, contactless check-in wherever, wherever it's available, and those type things, so that we are communicating to both guests and to employees, look, hotels are clean, as you mentioned a moment ago. They're safe. Here's the best things you can do to keep them that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and here's a website right here so you can get more information on the Safe Stay program. But yeah, I posted just in the last two days, I posted a, a public service announcement and I copied it from somebody else and I added my own two cents in it. I think so far it's gotten 45,000 views in the last two days. And it's saying, listen, everybody should wear a mask to protect. And we're not a part of any uh, you know, political stance. We don't have anything like that. We just want to be safe. And the people that are coming into our hotels, because I've heard it at our own hotels, where guests are yelling at us because we're asking them nicely to please put on a mask so we all can be safe. And at a certain point, we're not going to deal with it. We're not going to have just people ruling our hotels and keeping everybody else unsafe and, and maybe affecting some people, right? And so I posted that. Guys, go back to my uh, my profile and check out the post and it's actually featured on my post now because I think it's important that everybody wear a mask and I think face coverings in hotels or any business is going to help bring that number down. What do you think? Yeah, you know, what's interesting is there's a lot of science around this and there could be arguments made on both sides about how effective we, we, we do know generally they're effective, but about how they're effective. So we probably shouldn't even quibble about that. But I would almost argue it's similar to the smoking bans that we saw everywhere in this discussion years ago. If you remember, um, people said, I should have a right to smoke inside if I, if I want to. And then other people like myself saying, look, here's the bottom line is that I should also have the right to walk into an indoor public space and not have smoke blown in my face. I should have the right to sit in a restaurant and not have the guy next to me blowing smoke in my face because I know that's unhealthy and I don't like it. The same could almost be said for coronavirus. I should have a right to go to a hotel lobby and not have somebody walk by blowing virus at me, right? And so that's why I think the face coverings are important. But he's, here's probably the even, the even better point, and that is that we have hotel employees who say, look, I need to wear PPE. I need to have my face covering. Some guests have it, some guests don't. I feel unsafe coming to work. We can't afford that as an industry to have guests no. who feel unsafe coming to work. Then we have would-be guests who are saying, look, I'd like, to I'd like to go to a hotel. I'd like to book that property, but I don't feel safe being in a place where other people aren't wearing masks indoors, and therefore I'm not going to book it. So to help our own industry, if we set this standard as we have done now, and to say, look, common indoor public spaces, you need to wear it. If you're in your room, you don't need to wear it. If you're outside, you don't necessarily have to wear it. But if you're indoors in a public space, you need to wear it. This helps our industry. It helps more people book hotels with confidence. It helps our staff come to work and be confident about what they're doing. It helps the guests that are already there. It's just good for business. It is, it is. And I think that when people see other people feel, wear masks, they tell their friends, oh, this hotel was safe. Everybody was wearing a mask. They had these protocols in place. They were cleaning, they were doing this, they were doing that. And I think that just helps 
uh, improve the or brings business up, right? I think uh, when you're showing and you're doing these things, it's not just saying talking about it on social media or on uh, on your website. It's actually doing it, and people wearing masks, including staff, vendors coming into the property, and definitely guests, uh, because they're the people that are in the lobby for the most part. They want to be safe. So I, I love that. And now, Chip, I really want to thank you. And I have dozens and thousands and hundreds and probably millions of people want to thank you for the PPP money that you brought funding to all of our hotels. Because I saw you go to the White House. I watched that video live with you and all the other leaders within the hotel space sit at the, uh, I'm not sure, what, what was a room that you sat at where you talked to the president and said, this is what we need? What was that room called? Um, that is the, I'm trying to remember the name of the room. It's where he, it's his cabinet room. It's where his cabinet members come in and it's right next to the Oval Office. I mean, it's like from that room to the Oval Office is like six feet. And so, and we also spent a lot of time in the Oval Office where the cameras were not being shown, uh, or, or, or in, in use, but it, it was quite a day, quite an interesting day. Yeah. Was that your first time to the White House in that, in that room? Uh, first time in the Oval Office. I've been in, in that the room. I've been in the White House before, but had not been in the Oval Office. So that was really interesting. And we spent a long time in the Oval Office with the president. Um, it was a unique experience in my life. And uh, on another show, I'll tell you all about it because he he's a little different behind cameras than he is in front of the cameras. Uh, well, we'll have to get to that in a, in a different episode. But, you know, the PPP money did help all of us. And any business owner I talked to, it helped them. And it got through this certain period uh, when we were really struggling uh, and we're still struggling now. And so what actually happened and then what's the future looking like for funding? So, yeah, yeah I, this will take a couple minutes, but I think it's important. So put yourself and all of us put our mindset of February 2020 and what you thought was going to happen. Uh, you remember the discussions we had back then? Hey, let's just shut down the country for two weeks and this will all go away. Um, hey, we'll be open by Easter and everything will be fine. Uh, you know, we want, we hope to catch the, the, the tail end of spring break for our industry. All those discussions were happening. At that time, Congress was contemplating and ultimately passed the largest spending bill in the history of mankind. No entity ever has passed a spending bill this large. They did that in about a two week period. And they did it with the idea that this virus would impact us for about eight to 10 weeks. So when they created PPP, you see those numbers in there. You got two and a half times your average monthly payroll. That was the maximum loan because they thought it was going to be 10 weeks. You had to rehire everybody by June 30th because they thought by June 30th, we'll be well past this. And so they did the best they could at the time with the best information that they had. We now know that things are, are much worse and much more extensive than originally thought. So we were able to get the PPP. We were able to get the affiliation rules waived so that it applied to virtually every hotel in the country, as opposed mm -hmm. to what would have only been about 60%. Then we came back and got the PPP extensions and then we came back and got the PPP flexibility that moved all those all those dates until the end of this year as opposed to June 30th. So yeah. all of that was important, really important for putting hands or money in the hands of hoteliers, getting that 75-25 ratio lower to 60-40 uh, on mm -hmm. what you could spend the money on. But here's the thing. Over the next two weeks, Congress is going to most likely pass another and what may be the final bill dealing with coronavirus this year. Right. Because then they're going on break and then they've got the elections. And so this will be the big one for the remainder of 2020. So if there were ever a time to get engaged, it is now. And what we're asking for is another version of PPP that is applied to those businesses that are hurt the most. And we're getting a lot of traction on this. Um, Democrats and Republicans alike are saying, yeah, that makes sense. So if you're in an industry or a business that has been hurt 
and has a significant revenue drop, which is virtually every hotel in America, then you would be eligible for additional PPP lending. You could go back and get another loan, hopefully with higher limits this time. And so right. that's what we're pushing for. The next two weeks are going to be critical. It's either going to happen or it won't happen in the next two weeks. Right, right. And so if it doesn't happen, you're going to see a lot of people in distress, a lot of business owners in distress right now, because I've talked to plenty of people the last couple of weeks, last month now, and they're like, we used up all our money back when they said it was only going to be eight weeks, right? And so this is an extension that we all need, especially those that are just pretty much closing. I've had four people send me a message this morning saying, we have hotels in New York and we're shutting one hotel down or we're shutting these hotels down, like permanently. It's not like temporarily. Um, and that's going to be happening more and more if we do not add these different uh, funds and these different uh, legislative, I guess, wins for our, our industry. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely critical. And that's the case we make literally every day. And, it, it, and the message is getting through that the hotel industry and the restaurant industry in particular are the ones that were hurt first, hurt worst, and will probably be hurt longest. Um, yeah. And the reason that it's so important we draw that distinction between ourselves and say the airlines and the cruise ship industry, the airlines and cruise ships are made up of four or five major players. They're not franchise businesses. You yeah. can't come in as a mom and pop and, and, and build an airline. It just doesn't work that way, right? Yeah. But in our industry, tens of thousands of small business owners, along with restaurants, um, that are trying to just keep the doors open. And that's where the help is needed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I know we don't have a lot of time with you, Chip. I definitely want to get to these issues and topics. All right. So what are some issues that current owners, operators should be aware of right now? And I, I have a list of them, but I kind of want to hear it from you. And then maybe I'll share my insights. So legislatively, it's the extension or creation of a, of a new PPP program that would give access to more funds and give access to those businesses that have been hurt most. We think that's critical. That is a lifeline. Second part, and, and this is where Leader McConnell in the Senate has been very good. He's drawn a line in the sand and said, we must have liability protection for small businesses coming out of this so that your business is not getting sued over coronavirus. Right. Because yeah. as you know, it's not the actual lawsuit. It's the threat of the lawsuit that so many small business owners just say, hey, I'll pay to make it go away. No Settle. one should have to do that. Yeah. No yeah. one should have to do that over this. Um, those two things. And then CMBS lending is so important. You know, if you go back three months ago, Rupesh, and I if we did a poll of members of Congress and asked them, what does CMBS stand for? There would have been about three of the 535 members of Congress who knew what it stood for. Right. Today, that number is in the hundreds. In fact, we had a letter that we created that well over 100 members of Congress signed to send to the Treasury, Democrats and Republicans alike, asking them to help solve this problem. We've got legislation that's being introduced to solve it finally, and we're getting a lot of traction. Even, even Secretary Mnuchin has talked about it lately because CMBS is so important. We're going to see massive hotel foreclosures if we don't solve the CMBS problem. Yeah, absolutely. Can you explain real quick what CMBS is? And because I know a lot of hotel owners or managers that are listening, they don't know because they their owner takes care of it or some of the owners that maybe just have an SBA loan. Can you explain really quickly what CMBS uh, yeah, so, stands for and what it what what it's doing right now to hotels? So it stands for commercial mortgage backed security. So traditional lending is you go to a bank, whether it be through an SBA loan or, or a traditional loan, you go to a bank, you have one bank, you have one borrower, um, you borrow the money. Uh, and and that's easy. That's easily understood. And there's been a lot of forbearance and forgiveness in those relationships. Mm -hmm. Under CMBS, what it is, is that um, 
a pool is created of hotel loans and commercial buildings and things like that, where the asset itself is the backing against the loan. Okay. And so these are non-recourse loans, but so they, they can't come after you personally. Um, they're just going after the asset. All right. And so you put your hotel up and you say, my hotel is being, is, is worth this much. I'm going to get a loan for this much. All of those loans are then kind of packaged up and they're sold into the investor market. So as opposed to there being one borrower and one lender, now there's one borrower and there's thousands of lenders because they're in kind of a package. And so when you go to, to work with the quote lender to try to find some sort of forbearance or forgiveness or flexibility, there's not a single person really to work with uh, to try to get that. Now there's what's known as a servicer that is supposed to be managing that loan. But keep in mind on the other end of that, those are investors and investors buy into this with an expected rate of return. And if now yeah. they're not getting their rate of return, uh, there's a problem there. So how do you work through that? Well, typically under CMBS, you're not allowed to put additional debt on top of it uh, because you already made that deal. And so it means you really can't go get another loan to service the loan that you need to pay off, the CMBS loan. And so what we're trying to work through is how can you borrow money to service that loan and it not account it not be in in violation of the loan agreement and so it gets quite technical but there's some really good people working on it um and and so we're hoping to find a solution because if we don't we believe it's about a third of the hotel debt that is out there yeah and you know the the cmbs loans are why they're attractive to a lot of owners is because the rate is so low and uh and it just makes sense business-wise, right? If you're building this $20 million property and you get this really good deal, it makes sense in the beginning. But you know, during these times, even in 2008, 2009, CMBS loans did hurt a lot of owners. And we've had them in our past. And we, when we've had our out, we've gotten out because it's hard to deal with these, these kind of uh, loans because every, they even call, talking to somebody costs you money. So um, yes. hopefully, hopefully you guys can get in there and fix the situation because it's going to be really bad if we don't uh, fix it for those loan owners, uh, for those people that are, have a CMS loan, but then also yeah. SBA, you know, SBA has an extension to I think the end of the year. Uh, but then what happens? Uh, and then what happens locally if you, if you have a bank that's, that you borrowed money from it and it wasn't a CFS loan. So hopefully you have some of these ideas in, your, in the back of your head where you've written them down because we're going to need help. And even now we can't borrow money. Chip, I hope you can go out to the to to Congress and say, listen, you can let you know doctors borrow money right now. You can let other business owners borrow money. You can let, let lend uh, or have somebody buy a house with pretty much five percent down, one percent down. But you can't let hotel owners borrow anything. I've talked to so many banks right now, and everybody's like, we stop. Yeah, which is doesn't make sense. Like we're okay to put a little bit more leverage on our property because we can see the end of the light, or we could, we believe in it, right? And and we don't have that flexibility right now. So this is one thing that I'm passionate about that we can hopefully get across and and get some options at least. Yeah, the last thing I'll say on that, you're so right, Rupesh. The the, the reality is, is banks, unless it's a federally backed, government backed loan, they're just not giving out the money right now. Um, but yeah. there was part of the CARES Act called the Main Street Lending Act. And unfortunately, in the Main Street Lending Act, the way that it was set up, um, it pretty much excluded hotels if you had any debt whatsoever. And yeah. so we're trying. That's one of our four major asks in this in this legislation that's being considered right now is to fix that problem so that hotel owners can gain access to those Main Street lending funds because there are billions of dollars just sitting there waiting to be lent out. 
Um, in fact, it's been one of the failures of the CARES Act that the, 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 the I think it's $570 billion in Main Street Lending Act and only like a billion of it's even been lent out so far. And so the money is there. Hotels can't gain access to it because of the debt ratio restrictions. And if we can get that waived and have that debt ratio treated like you would a traditional mortgage, or traditional lending, then hoteliers can gain access to that money. These are very low interest loans with, with favorable terms. And so we think there's a, that pool of money can be accessed. We just need to get to it. We definitely need to get to it because the rates are the lowest as they've ever yeah. been, right? And all these other industries are allowed to borrow and we're not. And it's really hurting our, I mean, there's some hotels that could make it through if they could just borrow a little bit of money, right? Um, exactly. Dip into something and they cannot do any of that. And I've talked to so many owners right now and they're just frustrated. So I'm hoping that you can help all of us out in the industry out by that. And, and all right, so let's go on to the next topic. And I know you have, you don't have that much time now. Uh, what we talked about it earlier, the liability side, as far as hotels and operations, there's a lot of GMs watching. What are you seeing right now as far as the liability? When somebody walks into our hotel and then all of a sudden the next day they're like, oh, we got the coronavirus. Yeah. And then they send us a, a demand letter from their lawyer. Uh, how are you helping protect us? What can the American Hotel Logic Association do for us as individual owners, operators uh, in the United States? Well, let's quickly talk about two things. One, how the law can protect you, and then two, how you can help yourself. Um, okay. Let's start with the law. So there have been, we've been pushing this for, for the last three months of how do you have limited liability protection against specifically the coronavirus, right? Um, there's always been a battle between business and trial attorneys over liability protection, but we're, we're focused just on the coronavirus. How can you have that protection? Well, we've got nine states that have already enacted it. That's good. If you're in one of those nine states, you're, you're good, in, in, at least in state court. And I can't imagine this would be a federal case, but you're good in state court. We have made this our top priority or one of our three top priorities uh, for months now. And it is the top priority of the Republicans in the U.S. Senate. So we believe the next package will include that language. They have said we will not have an agreement without this protection. So that's why we're pushing so hard on that, because people ought not be part of that process. And as you so so rightly pointed out, it's not the actual lawsuit, the game that these attorneys play, and there's a cottage industry around it, we've seen it with the ADA and other laws, is that they threaten a lawsuit, and then they tell you, hey, if you'll give me a certain amount of money, I'll make it go away, I'll make the threat go away. And that's ridiculous, it's silly, it's nonsensical, but if you're a poor hotel owner, and you're sitting there saying, do I pay an attorney 10,000 to fight this, or do I pay this guy 8,000 to make it go away? You just pay the 8,000, make it go away. But no one should have to do that. Now, yeah. the second part of that in protecting yourself, download the safe state guidelines. They're free on our website. We even have a checklist for your single property. Um, do those things so that if anyone were to ever make such a claim against you, you could say, hey, here are the guidelines. I did these things. We did what was right. And if you're able to do that, then you have a defense against anyone saying, I, I, I caught coronavirus in your in your hotel it doesn't mean that there won't be those claims absent some sort of protection coming out of the government uh, but if you take those steps follow that checklist follow the cdc recommendations that are part of safe state you should have a reasonable defense against it right now in uh i forgot what i was going to talk about <laughs> we were talking about the encouragement of uh of people traveling and being, being keeping safe uh, maybe i'll get back to my i was really thinking it was a really good question too all right so uh the next thing I want to talk about is the incentives that we're that we're hearing all over the news because we want people to travel. We want our guests to come back. We want our loyal, even if they're you know 
come with us every six months or during these special events, they still want to come back because they love our hotel. How do you get those travelers to come back with some incentives, some tax incentives and some in, uh, uh, some credits? Well, two or three, two, three things are happening here. So first, in the, in the private sector side, I, I've even begun seeing commercials on TV recently. Saw a good one from Hotels.com last night. They're promoting people going to hotels. So that's wonderful. That's awesome. That's their business model. We fully support them in that. On the kind of the government related tax credit incentive side, here's what we're looking at. We're looking at business travel tax incentives of full expensing. You know, in, in, in recent years, the law got changed to reduce that to half expensing. Go back to full expensing for travel, for, for entertainment, meals, and all those deductions. That's, that's critically important. The second part is individual tax credits for you to take your family on a trip. We've never seen that before. That has been introduced up to $8,000 is one of the suggestions. I don't wow. know if it would be that much, um, yeah. but even if it's half that, that's great. So you take your family on a trip. You gotta, you know, you can't do it locally. You'd have to travel more than probably a couple hundred miles. But you take that trip and you get tax credits for what you spend on your hotel, on your restaurants, on your amusements, and things like that, up to a certain limit. That would be absolutely wonderful. And then the next part of that is money going to our DMOs, our destination marketing organizations that have been hit terribly bad during this time period, yeah. so that they can begin doing that promotion work that we know is so critical in putting heads in beds. So if you have the combination of all of that, you've created the incentives uh, for people to get out there and travel financially. And remember, this is a two-part problem. You have the financial problem where people are concerned about what does my bank account look like? How, how, how safe is my job? Where am I going to be next year? That's the economic side. And then the health side is, is altogether different. And we can help solve that by making sure hotels are clean and safe and people are wearing face coverings. So if we do all that stuff, we should see a higher number of people come back into the hotels. Is it, is it going to be 80% occupancy? No. But if we can get to 50% by the end of this year, we're doing really well. Yeah, guys, those that are listening or watching, would you travel and use this tax? Would this benefit you? And then would this benefit your guests? I think so. I think there'd be an incentive because right now people are like, ah, I owe this tax and I've made this money, but I don't have any extra funds. And so if they can dip into this, this, uh, this incentive, this credit, I think it definitely helps everybody, right? Yeah. It gets it gets more confidence in the economy. And people were saying in April, they were like, well, now people are going to travel like later in the year, September. And that's why people started planning like concerts and festivals and all these special events, September, October, November. And now I see that all delayed or canceled. Are you seeing that nationwide? Yeah, that's um, that's a problem because there's this patchwork of rules and regulations on how many people you can have in any given building. And some of it is well, not some of it. Most of it is not even scientifically based. For example, um, you may have a restriction, say, in the city of Chicago, where you can't have more than 50 people uh, at one event, irrespective of whether that event or how big the space is. Right. So 50 people in a 200 square foot room is one thing. 50 people in a 20,000 square foot room should be something completely different, right? And so that's not being taken into account because we know that you can do it safely. There's a really good article. I posted it on LinkedIn this morning of the Georgia Truckers Association who met recently in Amelia Island, Florida. Now, uh, Florida is known to be one of the hotspots, not necessarily Amelia Island around Jacksonville, but Florida is a place where they've had a spike in cases. So you had these 300 truckers 
show up at this event for a few days. It was indoors. You can see photos of it. And zero of them were infected with the virus because they were able to space them out properly, take the precautions, wear the face coverings, wash your hands. They were able to do those things with 300 truckers in an indoor facility that was big enough, and they still had their meeting. So it can happen. We know it can happen if we do it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's definitely the key when we're talking about meetings at your hotel, meetings at your, you know, destination venue. And I think that's very important that you have a game plan. There's a lot of hotels that are doing small, small meetings, 10, 15, 20 people. But we would like to get back to the weddings if we could, right, and social distance. Uh, that's a huge business that it's just just fell off of a cliff right now, right? Conventions have just fallen off of the cliff and people are hurting. And, you know, Chip, the last question I really have is a lot of people are struggling right now. What uh, what do you have to say and what can you tell them to kind of keep going when those people have been laid off? You've heard thousands of people being laid off of Hilton. Uh, all the brands have come and, and laid a portion of people off. Every week I get a message saying, I got laid off, do you have a job for me? What do you say to those people that are struggling? How do you keep them going? How do you keep them involved in the hospitality industry when it doesn't look good as far as the future? Rupesh, first, let me say thanks for, for having me because before I answer this question, it'll have to be my last only because I, yeah. I've got messages popping up saying, hey, you got another interview. They're waiting <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So, uh, no, no, no. Thank you so much for that. Look, um, this is an incredible industry that provides incredible opportunities. Yes, we've never faced anything like this before. But if any industry can do it with the right attitude, I'm seeing it in our industry, how we've come together to help so many people at a time when we're hurting. So I know that that is going to happen. The second part of that to keep in mind is that society in general has moved to an experienced based That's their desire is experienced based uh, life, right? People are buying less things and they want more experiences. That's not going to change. Once we get past this, once there's a vaccine and there are therapies, and that seems to be so close, people are going to want to have those experiences again. So I know it's tough right now, but you got to hang in there. It's the best industry to be in. You know that, and I know that. Um, we make people happy every day. Those experiences are going to be there again. People are going to travel. They're going to stay in hotels, hopefully sooner rather than later. But all is not lost. We will return from this. Absolutely. Hey, Chip Rogers. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. We're gonna we're, uh, definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us and going over eight minutes. I'm so sorry. No problem. <laughs> Chip, Thanks so much. Chip, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Guys, what did you think about that episode? Really quickly, um, I know this is a short one this week and uh, you know Chip had to go. I, I actually, I'm sorry that we uh, you know went over by eight minutes, but he has a lot of uh, different uh, meetings that he has to be a, a part of. And I promised that it'd be 30 minutes, but I did have to ask these questions that would that are pertinent to our business that are going to keep us going. And some things that I wanted to continue adding to this is, guys, here's the website for the American Hotel Logic Association's resources. I always get it wrong. It's right here, resources page. And they have a bunch of free downloads. But there's a bunch of free stuff that you can add uh, that can help you. As far as signages, uh, there's a lot of different things. So hit that website up. And uh, all right, I'm going to go back to all the people that are on and thank you guys so much because, you know, there are a ton of people that are struggling. I see a lot of people that send me a message daily that uh, are definitely struggling. And by the way, American Hotel Logic Association has an educational institute. And you can go to their, this website right here where you can get 
uh, courses. There's some resources there on how to improve. Um, but I'm going to really quickly go back to the comments because I know I only had 30 minutes to kind of uh, to be with you and uh, really, uh, let me see, let me go back to the comments. Guys, let me see if I can pull everybody up. Uh, all right. See. So guys, comment and let us know where you're watching from real quick. And was this episode with Chip useful? Did you, did you see, get any tips? Um, I know there are tips on the SBA. I couldn't answer all your questions. Hopefully he can go back and answer some of these questions. And, um, all right. So we have, uh, all right. So Amir, Hey, welcome to the show guys. Next Amir is actually with the with the camping industry as far as uh, RV you know, spaces and their industry is blown up. So he's going to be a part of the show here in the future. Uh, guys, Callie, Lord, Daniel, uh, Laura, Brenda, Jackie, Dell, Essie, uh, Lutfer, Deborah, Peggy, Bavik, Jamie, Brenda, Jackie, Tani, Mark, Kimberly, Kaylee, Debbie. Uh, uh, let's see who else. Um, Guys, thank you so much. Carolina, thank you so much. Yvette, thank you so much for watching. Comment and let us know if your hotel got PPP money and if you, an extension would actually help your business. Because I know a lot of hotels are still in the 10%, 20%. They're closing. I actually had a few people actually send me this morning that this week they're laying people off and they're going to be closing their hotels, which is super, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry because it, I can I can understand how it feels to be laid off. I've been laid off in the past, and it's not fun. And then just closing a hotel down entirely, like permanently, is so scary. So, guys, uh, please comment and let us know where you're watching from and if this was helpful. Uh, Tani, thank you so much for watching. All right, so I will get to all your questions later this afternoon, and hopefully Chip can answer some of these questions too. Um, next week, guys, we're going to have somebody amazing on to share some more tips, strategies, and ways to improve your hotel. And I think we're talking about marketing and customer service, which is a huge part of the business right now where you can improve. And don't forget, guys, reviews still are important to your hotel. So don't fall back on those reviews because guests are still searching for uh, hotels. And if there's 30 hotels in your in your market and there's you that has bad reviews, you're going to be at the bottom of the list and they're not going to hit you up as far as a booking and reservation. So definitely focus on reviews, focus on that service, make guests feel good, focus on your cleanliness and all the different things that you're doing to keep guests safe. Um, I know supplies are low. It's hard to get things, uh, but there are different ways of keeping people safe at your hotel. And, and I, maybe we talk about this. This is a whole episode that we could talk about uh, housekeeping in general, uh, would this be something important that you would like to learn about what like maybe five different hotels are doing uh, with different uh, levels of service and how they're keeping guests safe or what products they're using to uh, keep their guests safe and clean their rooms? Would this be something important to you that you would like to learn? Um, please comment in the comments and let me know. And uh, guys, all right, so this week is episode is brought to you by smartguests.com. Please hit up smartguests.com and go there to get some operation, communication, uh, marketing, sales, customer service tools. Thank you so much, Smart Guest, for your sponsorship. And I think that is it for this week. It was a short one. Guys, what do you think about a 30-minute episode instead of like the hour, hour and a half episode that we have been doing in the, in the past, uh, past 48 now? Uh, would a 30-minute hospitality show be more uh, 
effective for you instead of jumping on for an hour. So comment and let me know right now if an hour or 30 minutes uh, would be useful and go. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully people say 30 minutes because I think it's uh, good, but uh, you know, I, I appreciate the hour long, uh, hour long. Yes, Dell. yes we do have stay collateral signage that you can use at your hotel. Uh, let's see, let me see all the other comments. Ah, there's so many comments in here, guys. Thank you so much. All right, uh, some people are saying 30 minutes is okay. Some people are saying too short. Uh, 45 minutes, I like that, 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, Ke Kelly, yeah, I think 45 minutes. All right, so maybe these future episodes, I'm gonna limit it at 45 minutes and we give you a lot of, uh, yep, uh, yep, Bobic says 45 minutes is a sweet spot. Megalina says 40, 30 minutes is okay. Let's go with 45 minutes right now and maybe we reduce it later or maybe we increase it based on what you guys think. This show, this episode's, these, the show is exact. This is for you, not for me. It's for you guys to learn. Um, actually, it's for me to learn too because I've, I've picked up a lot of things on this episode today. I wrote a huge list of stuff. So it actually helps all of us, guys. All right, so next week we'll have somebody else that's amazing on the show. Guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. And don't forget to subscribe.